What's up, fellow Zeros? Thanks for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that knows truth is always interesting. I'm Joe, and I'm joined by two other stagehands to talk to you about the movie Birdman, or a really long title that I've forgotten. The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance or something. Oh, yes. Got it. Nailed it. And their names are Corey. The podcast is the slutty little cousin of prestige. And sequel. The podcast is doing the prequel to the X-Men prequel. Oh, yeah. It was weird that they had... Never mind. Can't do it. Spoilers. Hold on. Before we start talking to you about Birdman, first of all, thanks for being here. And second of all, we've been watching other stuff. I'm going to go first because I probably have the shortest list. Oh! I did not see much. I watched part of Marriage Story. That movie is giving me a lot of mixed emotions. Fair. But I'm not done with it yet, so I can't judge it. And I watched two, the first two episodes of The Dark Crystal Show on Netflix. Is it good? I'm not crazy about puppets. Veronica is, but okay. I like it enough. I loved Dark Crystal as a kid, and I'm just waiting to watch it. And Pam's got like three weeks before I like say, fuck this, it's been long enough. Because it's already been like a year. Yeah, oh. it came and went with very little fanfare. Yeah. So. Wait, this is old? Yeah, this, this it's, was it's released. new. This was released within the last six months. But it just, like, oh, okay. they dropped all the episodes. They, yeah. That makes sense. They Netflix did. Yeah. Yeah. you were saying it came out like a year ago. And I was like, damn. No. I, don't, I don't know exactly when, but it's been a while and I've been waiting to watch it. So. It's all right. It's got, a, it's got like a star-studded cast. Oh, really? Yeah. It's got so many people in it. Like when I was reading the credits, I didn't recognize all their voices. Taron Egerton's the lead, so that's pretty great. Well, one of the leads. There's like four leads. It's one of those fantasy things. I'm going to stop talking about it because you're going to see it, and I don't have much to say about it because I watched two episodes. Fair. It's perfectly fine if you want to check it out, everyone. It's on Netflix. Corey, what'd you watch? What? That is literally it. Yeah, I, I told you it was short, man. Yeah, uh, I didn't end up seeing 1917, guys. I'm sorry. No, I thought you booked your ticket while we you were did. sitting I, here. I did, I did, and I had to change it because Pam's so flight sorry. changed. Oh. And it kind of got pushed up, so I was like... Pam! I know, twice. <laughs> and it's okay, it's okay. It was it was fine. I'm okay. I'm seeing it tomorrow. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about I'm it literally, I'm literally getting off... I'm not going home. I'm literally getting off the train and going directly to the theater. Excellent. Because if I go home, then I won't go back out and see it. And... Oh, wait, tomorrow's Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Oh, I'm seeing it tomorrow either way, then, because... You I don't definitely... have to get off the train and see it. I don't have to get off the train and see it. You I don't have to get on the train. train. I, um, but I did. I did watch uh, the rest of You Season 1. Crazy okay. ending. Crazy, crazy ending. Show's really good. But I think that it would have served perfectly fine as just a one season this is the story they're telling and we're done with it now um opening up to a second season is there's a you part two yes is it, it is. called you two <laughs> uh i don't know i know uh i have also watched uh 12 angry men 57 57 nice 57 uh little fun fact it's my favorite movie of all time is it your favorite movie of all it's time my number yeah. one in it my is top ten. phenomenal yes, it's it is. such I mean, a good movie yeah I, I saw it that's why i bought it i was like i can't not buy this for well, five dollars right, right after you said it was five dollars i jumped on to see it and that's when i had the conversation it's on prime yeah, yeah. too so i didn't buy it this time around that's fair because i just clicked play i'm hoping my version isn't in color Oh, I don't think... Did they colorize it? I hope they didn't, because no, the, the, the poster's in color, yeah, so I'm yeah, worried. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, the movie the movie just holds up, too. Like, oh, it's I, st- yeah, it's still so good. It's still, like... Sorry, I keep going. No, you're fine. It, jump in. 
We've all seen it. The 1997 TV remake is also very good, and they do change some of the dialogue. And but the 57 ones is classic. Yeah, I, the moment the moment he pulls out the switchblade and just stabs it. That's like a the original drop the mic moment. It, it is. <laughs> Not only is it the original drop the mic moment, but it's the for me it's the moment that I know that things are going to start going his direction. Because he got the one old guy next to him that was like, he has an opinion. We should give Random him. We should nine. give him that that chance. And then nobody. I don't think anybody else had changed votes yet. And then he he stabs the the switchblade and he's like, well, checkmate, bitches. Like. And that changed plenty of votes. Yeah, that changed like two or three two. right there. Two. Well, one. One off the bat. It's it's the guy that the working man Jack Klugman who was like. Uh, can I pass? Oh, and the yeah. The form was like, oh, well, yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> I know. I love that movie just because you can see. I, for me personally, I can see myself in every single one of those like jur, jury members mm-hmm. at one point in your life, at one moment in your life. You can like identify like whatever mood you're in. Even the racist guy at a, at a certain point, yeah. not the same racist, but you know, you get some prejudiced thoughts like, yeah. from time to time. Everyone's well, it doesn't need to be racist. It's just prejudice. Yes. Gen- like, mm-hmm. I looked at that guy. He looked like a scumbag. I think he's guilty. Like, it, yeah. it could be as simple as that. Mm-hmm. It didn't... Sure. You're right. Do you, have a, do you have a favorite jury member? I've seen the movie so many times. Oh, like it. Favorite <laughs> jury member, it... Eight or nine, honestly. I mean, as okay, cliche so. as it is, I love, I love the fact that he just. Well, he's seven, isn't he? He's juror number eight. No, he's, he's number eight. Yeah, yeah. seven. 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 Okay, that's the only guy I like. Don't like at all. He is my I second. Can, my second favorite jury member. Really? I can, and he's the I one see I see where can, everyone else is coming from, except for him. I can identify with him like more so than the others. Is it because he has sports tickets? Because he wants to get somewhere else. He yeah. doesn't want to be there. And I find myself in situations all the time. That's like, fair. Come on already! I just want to go. Make up your freaking mind. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, someone's life is not in the balance, though. True. Uh, I'm also a pretty big fan of juror number four. He okay. was slum, right? Juror number That's four is five. It's five. Who's yeah. four then? Four. So juror number one is the foreman. Yep. Juror number two is the meek guy. Three is meek guy. The meek guy. Oh, the, meek. Yes. The yes. Okay. Uh, then the, then it's the guy who has a relationship it, with his son. Yep. Then four is the very analytical guy. Oh, yeah. the one that never sweats. Yes. Yes. Okay. You're right. So yeah, juror number mm-hmm. five is the slum guy. I also enjoy him. No, uh, he's either number five or, or six. six, right? Five's the working man, actually, the painter. Okay, yeah. yeah. Either way, the one that like grew up in the slums, mm-hmm. I, I like that guy too. I gotta watch this movie again now. I forgot. I forgot a lot of it. I honestly had forgotten a lot. Of, I, it's probably been since high school since I watched it. Jury number one's my favorite. The, the foreman. He's a good foreman. He's I, trying to like. It's fair. Do things in a respectful way. Yeah. And when people criticize you for trying to run, I get it. He got very defensive and yeah. I don't know. Well, like four times over the course of the first like 25 minutes of them deliberating, they kept like yelling at him like he's the reason that they're still there. Yeah. And being like, yeah, he's, I'd just sit down to be like, you know what, whatever, do whatever the fuck It's Henry you want. Fonda's fault. Or Peter Fonda. <laughs> Forget which Fonda. Henry. 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 There's also, that's Sidney Lumet's first film, the director. Yep. Um, they do some very clever things with the camera angle. At the beginning of the movie, it's a higher up angle, so you're looking down at people. Then it slowly gets lower, where at the middle of the movie, it's like you're level with everybody. Then at the end, you're kind of looking up at everybody. So when the guy's doing his racist tirade, like, what's the matter? Don't you know about these guys? And everyone's turning their back mm-hmm. on them. And then the, um, the I guess the, the, the final deliberation with um, the guy ripping up the picture of his son or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're looking straight up at him. You're looking straight up. 
Yeah, it's very good. That's a good point. I, I didn't notice it when I was watching it this time around, but I the only the only sad thing about the movie in the grand scheme of things is that they essentially had to run the trial through the jury. Like yeah, none of like there you can't no, do that. No, <laughs> no, you absolutely can't. You have to deliberate it based off of the evidence that was presented and presented only. There's two things that's that's they they one thing they get a hundred percent right one thing they get a hundred percent wrong that's what they get wrong they run the trial through the jury you can't do that yeah you can't like, say you can't, can't like you can't admit new evidence in the jury room well well he it's, didn't he it's, just was like it's re-examining kind of the evidence but as if they were the lawyers you, yeah you got to go by what the lawyer like presented. Del- presented to you you can't say yeah this guy's an idiot we're, we can do a better job than him let's let's do it However, it is the greatest example of reasonable doubt I've ever seen in the movie. Yes. If you have a reasonable doubt, you cannot vote guilty. Even if you're 90-10, you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that was the whole point. Really, at the end of the day, that was the point of the movie, is that he was the only one honestly yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was 90-10. They were like, no, it's fine. Fuck it. Call it a day. I got 90 guilty. <laughs> Majority rules. So that's going to be the extent of my list. All right. Let's move on to sequels list. What do you watch? Um, I watched season two of End of the Effing World on Netflix. I don't know don't if you've know seen that. season one. Still not familiar. Okay, it's really, I really like it a lot. It's a British show. Um, the first season, it, it's it's kind of a crazy concept. It's this high school kid who, like, his, his mom committed suicide when oh, he was growing okay. up. Oh, I know, I know. He, and he kind of, like, wants to kill somebody for whatever reason. So he, like, invites this girl over. And it's, like, a dark comedy. And he plans on killing her. But they, like kindle a friendship and she's just as fucked up as he is and then they go it's the one where he's practicing a stabbing in the first season right? i love that scene yeah. so much because he's sitting there on the couch waiting for her to come over with a knife under his pillow and every two seconds he's like pulling it out in a stabbing motion um so a crime is committed and the two of them have to like run off and uh season two Season one ended on a cliffhanger. Season two was a really quick watch because the episodes ranged from like 19 minutes to about 24 minutes. So I banged it out in two days. It was it was good. It's it's a fun watch. That's what that's what letter this newer season of Letterkenny was. I think all of them have been shorter, 18 to 20 minutes. But for whatever reason, I guess there was a bigger backlog, so it felt like it took longer. Mm-hmm. I watched this new season like less than two nights. Nice. I finished Silicon Valley, and I still have yet to start it. Very unsatisfying oh, ending. That, that sucks. Yeah. I don't like the direction they went. Is this the final season? Yes, it is. Okay. So it ends, ends. It ends, ends. It's still a funny, funny show, but it's just, I don't like the way they went with it. They're beyond the peak for sure. Hmm? They're beyond the peak for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Once um, TJ Miller left the show, it kind of like tanked a little bit. The best TV show ending of all time. The best finale of all time. Oh, my I'm not equipped to answer this. I have seen so little of the endings. I really like the Friday Night Lights finale. Okay. I liked it. I mean, I don't. I don't know. If I don't even remember what it is. He kind of like Spoiler. coaches wife gets to do her dream, and he moves to like Pennsylvania and coaches a team. Oh, and, and he starts over. And yeah, then you see fine. you see people like the the kids with the championship ring, and they're on the Super Bowl team, and the rig. Yeah, I, I liked it. It wrapped up nicely for all the characters. The nice, the true nice, neat little bow. finale series finale. Oh, before they switched to ABC. Yeah, the true, the true, the true series finale. That was a good one. Yeah, that's a good I one. like that one. I'm gonna say Family Matters. I don't know what it is. I don't think I've ever seen it, but why yeah. not? I think Urkel goes to the moon or some shit. That sounds Something amazing. Crazy. <laughs> Something crazy. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air had a good had a good finale. But I don't uh, think it the empty had the... house. 
the empty house, the lights turned out, and there's one last joke of Carlton like running out of the bathroom or whatever, pulling his pants up. Office finale is good. The true office, like, or I guess there's only one. Office yeah, finale. you're right. I I just always think that like it it's pretty. It feels very final when Michael leaves. Oh, the goodbye Michael that was one of the best episodes ever. But... I think it might be one of the best episodes of television. Yeah. It's a great episode. Sure. Seinfeld finale is bad. Sopranos finale is bad. <laughs> well, controversial, I'll say. Breaking Bad was a good finale. I didn't care for the finale. I, I just thought the episodes leading up to the finale were so much better. They really were good. And things are hard, and I think most shows are bad at them. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. That's fair. It's tough to wrap things up. You know what? Best f- Firefly, because it was just a regular episode. Oh, God, no. It, but it was. It was so much That's, more. It's got to be unsatisfying. Oh, yeah, right? no, it is. It 100% is. That was a troll answer. So We can move on. I'll tell you I'll tell you a story about Firefly ending after this. Okay. There's no reason to put it on. Real quick, I started another podcast called Swindled. It is amazing. You would love it. I think you would like it too, Joe. It's more white collar crimes yes i am in and they you don't know sounds like a con artist podcast the guy that runs it he he has not released his name yep he's not released his name he just goes by a concerned citizen and they go through famous like white collar crime cases and some of them like you've never heard of before and you're like really this was a thing like it's 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 pretty great especially the first couple episodes great because i can get rid of some of these ones that i don't listen to anymore they uh perfect they do like a mini story, and then they do like a grand story, but they have like a connecting theme. Like there's one, you guys ever hear of, like, I think it's called Fen's Treasure? Nope. This guy, in, his 80-year-old man in New Mexico buried a box of gold in the mountains worth $2 million, and then he released clues to it, and people have been searching for oh, this yeah. gold. And, like, and people yeah. have died searching for yep. this thing. Yep. And he keeps saying, like, you know, it's accessible for an 80-year-old man. I can visit it any time I want. But that led into a bigger story, though. So it's, it's really good. It's inside his body. Don't do that. It's in the mountains. Don't swallow $2 million of other gold. No. That's a terrible idea. Yes, it is. So I was talking with a hoodie string in your mouth. You're right. That was, a, that was not <laughs> I mean, my, my proudest moment. I'm sorry. On a podcast, it's, okay. it's a bad idea. Yeah. In real life, eh? In real oh. life, it's yeah. a mixed bag. Yeah. All right, that's, that's that'll do it. Sure. I had more, but you guys want to move on? No, I don't have more. I'm kidding. Oh, that is that seriously it? Because yeah, you can do it. the rest of them. That's it. That's okay. it. Yeah, you could. Just the Simpsons, but I think we've all been sneaking I've some all, Simpsons I've been, I've been sneaking some Simpsons. I've been, I've been sneaking a little Simpsons. I've also been sneaking some Office. Some late Office. Sneaking some Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like code for drugs. Right. <laughs> Anyway, that's what we've been watching. I'm going to give you the movie facts for Birdman now, and buckle up, because it's going to be long. A lot of awards, people. A lot of awards. Really jumping the shark here, sequel. Well, everyone should know. Spoiler. They're going to find out in a second. Birdman came out in 2014. Is jumping the shark the right expression there? I think so. I think it's jumping the gun. Jumping the... Whatever. <laughs> Same difference. You're jumping something. Rated R. It's one hour and 59 minutes long. Directed by a man's name I'm going to have such trouble pronouncing, Alejandro G. Inaritu. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Perfect. I was going to say Inaritu. So close enough. It stars Michael Keaton, Emma Stone, Edward Norton, Zach Galifianakis, Amy Ryan. That's it. I wrote five. Rule of five. Budget, $18 million. It grossed $103 million. $42 million domestic. Corey's shaking his head. It's unhappy. No, it's just wild. Wild. Crazy. Kids. Rotten Tomatoes, 91%. Movie. Certified fresh. 
Audience score, 77%. IMDb, 7.7 .7 out of 10. Metacritic, 87. Ugh, said that weird. 87. And user score, 8.2. And now, it was nominated for nine Oscars. It won four of them. The four that it won were Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Cinematography. The five it didn't win were Michael Keaton for Best Actor. Sad. Edward Norton for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Emma Stone for Best Supporting Actress. Really? Sound mixing and sound editing. Who won Best Actor that year? Eddie Redmayne. For Theory of, Theory of Everything. Everything. How's his career going? Eddie Redmayne? Yeah. I don't. I, I know that movie, but I don't know anything else that he's been in that I can think of. He was in the... Uh, he's in the Harry Potter spinoffs. Uh, yeah. Not the strong... But he got nominated the following year for like... Well, did he play the transgender? The, yes. The girl in the dress or whatever yeah. the hell it's called. With Alicia the Vikander. The, the girl in the yellow dress? I don't think... The girl in the dragon dress. I don't. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Eddie Redmayne won, though. Good Ke for him. Keaton had a good run. Because he did Spotlight the next year, so he was in back-to-back -back, uh, Best Picture winners. Yeah. He was the former Timothy Chalamet. I'm going to bust that out every time I can. <laughs> Surprised he wasn't in the... The Danish girl. The Danish girl. I want a Danish now. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Press pause, Joe. <laughs> Making a Sevs run. They don't have Danishes. Anyway. <laughs> Those are the movie facts for Birdman. Let's give you our general thoughts for Birdman, which is always going to be spoiler-free. Sequel, kick us off. These are one of these mo these movies where I call, I'm artsy, therefore I'm good. This is a movie for critics, not for the audience members. I mean, it's, it's okay to like it. I'm not going to pretend like I know what the fuck's going on for, for, for most of it. I think you can interpret it many different ways. I don't really have a sound theory. I just think what I think. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, I can see why it why it won. I think it's beautifully shot. I do like the. It's not really a one take movie, but it's several long takes. It's one take with cheating. It is. It's one take with cheating. Yeah. It's long takes. That's, yeah. that's the term. Um, Same difference. It's the thing, though. It's what it's called. I know. It's a style. I'm aware. <laughs> um, witty banter. It's all about the witty banter. Got it. <laughs> got it. Keep going. Sure. Please. But yeah, it, it won the Academy Award. I, I think it deserved to win that year. I don't even remember what was nominated, but it's like Indie Plus, right? Kind of. Like it's an indie movie with an indie feel with a larger, more renowned cast and budget. So, You know, one of those big budget indies. That's <laughs> pretty much what it yeah. feels like. That's accurate. Corey, what do you think about it? The way this movie is shot is amazing the performances in this movie are probably some of the best out of these actors i've ever seen one in particular that we'll get into later um that guy yes actually fine you jump again. i was i was joking but that's fun he, he's we'll, we'll incredible talk, in this yeah, yeah we'll talk about uh, it after. yeah um but i i am 100 with. i have no fucking clue what this movie is about I'm having a really hard time following. I still, to this moment, don't know what is and isn't real. Which might be the point. Probably is the point. Might be the point. So it's hard for me to really come up with good critiques or analytics about things that are happening in the movie if I'm not even sure that that's actually what happened. So I like it more than I dislike it, but there are some... I, I just it, It's not one of those things that I'll revisit a million times and be like, oh my god, I love this movie. Fair. I think Birdman is very technically sound. 
I think it's a unique movie. I enjoyed it, but it does the thing that I hate. Well, one of the things I hate most about movies. The first half to two-thirds of this movie are awesome. I'm all in. And then it gets weird for no reason and kind of wipes away some of the good. Like, it kind of takes some of that shine off. It's, like you said, it's artsy for artsy's sake. Like, it's just... it's. It is because, I guess, he wanted it to be, but they were telling such a fun, compelling, interesting story, and then he just kind of ruins it. It's weird. I guess, I, well, I think we can all know the scene you're referring to here. Probably, or yeah. the, the moment you're yeah, referring we'll, to. Yeah, we'll get into that, but I'm sure you already have it in mind. Real but, quick, can yeah. I just rattle off the uh, other nominees for Best Picture that year? Sure. I've seen most Probably of Probably all of them, right? There's one I haven't seen. Um, so Birdman won. American Sniper. Haven't seen that. It's okay. Boyhood. Nope. The Grand Budapest Hotel. I saw I that. Like that. The Imitation Game. I liked it. Nope. Selma. That's the one I haven't seen. The Theory of Everything. I haven't seen it yet. And Whiplash. I saw Whiplash. I did see that one. By personal taste, I have Birdman as like the fourth best movie. <laughs> Those... Dude, I, know, you have, like, I know you have Whiplash, Whiplash above it. Whiplash is my number yeah, one for that, yeah. for that. For that. That makes perfect sense. Uh, my number two is um, the Grand Budapest Hotel. I like that. That's one. a very, very good movie. That's like I think I like this slightly better than that, but it's close. And then I have American Sniper. That's my thing. I like the American Sniper. I haven't seen it. I thought it was fine. Okay. I like Clint Eastwood as a director. Fair. Special place in my heart. Richard Jewell. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Letters from Iwo Jima. And that concludes our general spoiler-free thoughts of Birdman. From here on out, we're going to be spoiling Birdman. It's not available streaming on anything, but you can you can find some way to watch it if you want by renting it or borrowing it from a friend if you want to know what's going on. And from here on out, spoilers for Birdman. They're going to start right after I'm done with this sentence. Do you feel this is a commentary on like the superhero genre kind of taking over movies? Like, slightly... Yes, slightly sure. I don't think it's a major theme here. It's weird because the movie kicks off, or at least subtly, not, and maybe not so subtly, suggests that they're going to go meta with this anyways because they have the man, a man who's most famous for playing Batman who walked away from playing Batman again and didn't do much for a while afterwards. Which was... It makes sense, but I'm just surprised they... Because they say he walked away from Birdman 4. Michael yes. Keaton did the first two Batman and walked away from Batman forever. Correct. So like I'm surprised and like that's why, I didn't, that's why I didn't that's why I didn't do Batman Birdman 3. I figured that should have been the line. Maybe, but like, maybe they just didn't want it to be so on the on, nose. Yeah, two on the nose. That's again then being like Cuz this is quirky. like quirky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if Keaton was mentally ill in real life, this would be like a Keaton biopic. Kind of. <laughs> and that's what's weird about the whole thing is that moments of like reality kind of peek through the more absurd moments in this and you're like are they being meta or is it a choice like did he design this movie with michael keaton in mind is it a commentary on the fact that everybody is doing like all every name that they came up with yeah exactly we're just doing a superhero movie that's why i thought it was sort of a commentary on that plus the voice he hears in his head is Keaton said this after the fact. It's Michael Keaton doing his Christian Bale Batman impression. That's, that's what, what he uses as his Birdman voice. Legit, that's what I. That's kind of what I. I heard the it entire movie. Makes perfect movie. sense. Smells like balls. I like that line. <laughs> that's how the movie opens. <laughs> it's a, with him floating, meditating. Yep. 
I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say I don't think he can do any of that shit. Oh, he can't. That's no, totally no, in his no. head, right? Yeah. And that. So when we get to the end of the movie, I think he jumped out the window. He does. I don't know why Emma Stone looks up. I don't know if she thinks she sees him flying. Fantasy. I, think, I guess that I think probably is the way may, to go. My my assumption, because he's not flying, I I firmly believe that he was going to kill himself on stage, failed, and said. Oh, good. Now I'm a viral sensation. I'm going to really go out on top and jumps out the window. Emma Stone looks out the window and she does initially look down. Yes. Right? I think she looks down, sees her dead father, and looks like just is looking up because out of shock. Like she can't possibly look down anymore. She has to look up. Huge smile on her face. Huge. Shock shock affects people in a weird way. That's the fantasy part. The whole scene of him flying isn't actually happening, no, but it's still in the movie. I know, but yeah. it's like, but are we, did Michael Keaton's fantasy, like, transfer over to her daughter when her daughter looks out the window, Could've she kind of sees him flying around. He might be gone at this point, but now she's going to, like, have him in her head. Or he's just up on the roof again, and that's why she's laughing. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, it's very ambiguous. Yeah. yeah. No and, one's well, right that, or wrong here. And, and that's the point, right? I, I just assumed that that was her reaction to the shock of seeing her dad splattered on a new york sidewalk like that's i don't know well i think the initial like not gasp but her like actual reaction is seeing him and then if that's the case then the fantasy takes over she's I, like oh, probably flying. yes not, a, i'm not, more not, so oh my god i'm so that. shocked that my dad <laughs> killed himself so i'm gonna look up and, and smile. smile yeah <laughs> i don't know Whatever you say, think oh. happened may have happened. The thing I don't get, like, when he makes... He doesn't make the light fall, right? The light just falls. But he says he makes the light fall, and he wanted to make the light fall. So that's where it's, like... We well, probably said he did line. it because, like, he wanted it to happen. That's the thing. It's just a very random thing to happen. Where he's like, get this guy off my fucking stage. But that's the thing. He also knows, he also knows the productions. He knows where everything is. He may... Like, that one... As the movie progresses, it's more likely that he's just like, it's craziness. But in that that moment, it sounded to me like he was like, I don't want this guy acting. Goes up and just loosens the bolt on it. I don't think he did it in a literal sense at all. That would be like... No, no, I understand that. You're killing the guy. I mean, it's... The guy's mentally ill. So, is it that crazy to... I also assumed he was planning on shooting Ed Norton... On stage. Oh no! I knew, was, I knew he was going to shoot himself. Yes. I never thought he wasn't going to shoot himself, but I also assumed he was going to. Have shoot you guys Ed seen this before? No, I saw the first twenty minutes of one time. Yep. You've seen it before. I've seen part of it before. Okay. I did not see the, the whole second half of this movie. Same. I stop. I got to stop watching like, when they did the first preview, of the play, which that part of the story is amazing. Which like, part? The preview. The parts grounded in reality of him just struggling, washed up, quote unquote, washed up actor putting on a play and all the things. Like it's such a mundane thing, but it's really interesting. Yeah. And then they just ruin it. Everything up to Weird. him waking up on the stoop after a night of drinking. Yep. Is awesome. Agreed. And then it gets really. It weird again being artsy for artsy's just sake way too weird and that's the thing right so it's not that i believed that he was able to do those things i assumed that those things were happening in his head but like i was like oh this is going to be one of those movies where you have to question whether or not he does certain things or not certain things but when like those questions really start coming up it's when the movie's made a hard left turn 
it's when he's jumped off a building and starts flying around Manhattan. You're like, okay, well, either he's dead now, and I don't know what we're going to do for the last half hour of this movie, or he's had a mental break. Well, it's the latter. It sure was. Because he, he landed and walked into the theater, and then the taxi driver comes out and is like, no, you got to pay me. He was in a taxi the whole time. He's yeah. having a mental breakdown. You can tell because I was paid attention to the people on that street when he like walks up to the They're not he's paying attention hovering down. They don't react to yeah, it. So exactly. I'm just like, he's not flying, clearly. This, yeah. I mean, I knew he wasn't, but in the context of the movie, I knew that he also wasn't. Going to performances, Ed Norton being in a movie as an actor, like playing an actor in a movie, and like when he's like acting really well, I love that so much. Ed Norton's so good in this. He he's, he's phenomenal. phenomenal. I but again, just personally, I don't like Dick Ed Norton because I like Ed Norton so much, even though he plays a dick really well. Yes. Because yeah. Keaton is clearly our hero here. I don't think at any point I was rooting against him at all. I really wanted him to, to succeed. And Ed Norton's doing not everything he can to sabotage it, but he definitely wants to outshine him. He has that mentality. No Hollywood actor is going to come into, into my in territory. In my city. He says in my, in my city, yeah, yes. You, you can't come into my city and do it. And then... He's also not doing it to be a dick. Like he's just—he's just as damaged, just in a different way. Sure. You can tell from his conversation with Emma Stone that like he's actually a person underneath. He just doesn't know how to handle himself anywhere that's not right, on stage. He yeah. comes off dickish. Well, sure, right? but yeah. he's, it's not intentional. That's that's the it's, best it's, slash I mean, scariest part of it. Well, here's the yeah. thing, right? So he—he's only comfortable. He's only real when he's on stage, right? So. For him to feel comfortable in his own skin outside, he has to be be a theatrical dick about things. So Mm -hmm. he's acting out there. And he's tremendous at it. Yes. However, I just... uh. I I think that the most surprising performance for me is Zach Galifianakis. At no point do I think that he's overdoing it or being Zach Galifianakis as we've always seen him. He's just acting in this. And I'm like... He's very capable of acting not over the top. He's, yes, we yeah. just don't see it. He just ever. gets typecast a lot. What was that movie with the um the kid that gets um uh uh what's the word um Keep going committed to uh, the same asylum for like a month? Oh, uh, it's that, kind of a funny story. That's it. Zach Galifianakis is he's good, tremendous in that. in that. I don't think I saw that one. You'd like that one a lot. Yeah, yeah that one's good. It was one of the ones that slid through the cracks. Who's in? There's another big name in that. Uh, Emma Roberts. Emma is Roberts in is in it. Um, who's a kid? I don't know. He's a little, he's a kid who kind of looks like a young Justin Long. Oh my God. I was thinking the exact same thing. (laughs) It's definitely not Justin Long, but I Mm think he kind of looks like him. 2010. Jesus. It wasn't that long ago. Galifianakis is very good in this. Emma Stone got nominated for best supporting actress. She's really good in this. Yeah. I think she's fine, but like earth shattering. I don't know if she's in the movie enough. Uh, I mean, I think she's a, 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 crucial role like she's a crucial piece of the movie but i don't know if she's in it enough for me to be like okay she's best supporting actress 100 percent, she's in it enough okay i'm just like think in recent years look how much sam elliott is in a star is born he got nominated he's barely in that movie that's you know what that's or a sam rockwell in in uh vice he's he is barely in that movie yeah i don't know why he got nominated, nominated for that that was weird but She's in a... plenty of scenes. Yeah, she's no, in a right. lot of yeah. scenes. Yeah, that's fair. She's in some of the best scenes. I thought she was good. I was just surprised she got nominated. I wasn't. I was watching it, and I was like, I hope she got nominated for it, because not thinking that she did. I mean, we... So this is... Is this a first where we're seeing a movie with the same actress two weeks in a row? Probably not. No. I mean, I'm assuming it can't be, because we've done Star Wars movies back-to-back, and... 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure this has happened before. But it was funny to see Emma Stone in this after watching her last week. Yeah. And it's not that she was bad in that movie. That but, movie's worse. Yes. But that movie's worse. And you can also tell what she's capable of doing when set up to succeed. Right? Like, the movie. this movie has all the pieces in place to really let her shine and succeed. And, and she runs with it. I mean, again, the performances in this are, are never ever going to get called into question, in my opinion. Nobody's bad, even no. um, even Holly from The Office. Amy Ryan. Yes, yeah, that's she's the one. she's been sneakily appearing in a bunch of movies that like with critical acclaim because yeah. I never knew who she was, and then all of a sudden I saw Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, she's, she's in that. Yes. She's and she got nominated for that one. She deserved that one. Yeah, Gone Baby Gone is so good. It is a good movie. She plays a trash bag. <laughs> yep, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. She's a trash bag. <laughs> And that's and and that's actually one of the scenes that I'm not sure if it's real or not. Which one? Oh, uh, yeah, that wasn't clear enough. My apologies, no. guys. <laughs> not uh, at all. The the scene where it's mid it's mid um October. Yeah, I wish it was mid play. Like it, I guess it was opening night, right? When he shoots himself. Yes. But he's back in his dressing room for a little bit, and he's like laying down. On the oh thing, yeah, she it's comes after in. the first act. Yep. And she, yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. It's after mm-hmm. the first act, and she comes in and talks to her. Like, I don't know if that's a real conversation or not. No idea. I assume it is. Oh, that's real. That's basically him confessing that he's going to kill himself out there. Like, that's his So she just walks out, and, and she just leaves him? Well, she, he doesn't do confess it, but that's, like, him, his, like, final goodbye, I guess. You can see it in, like, in the tears coming out of his eyes. Yes, it, yes, for him, but that's what I'm saying. At this point, so many other crazy things have happened. I'm not sure if that's a real conversation. I think it is. I'm not I'm not convinced. The unanswerable question of this movie for me is everyone was agreeing the play was going off great. Yeah. Right? Yep. You heard that from the audience. She came in to congratulate him. If he doesn't do what he does at the end by attempting to kill himself, does the critic still kill it or give it a good review because when they read her review she said he invents and i can't remember his the character's name it's richard something right riggin 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 thompson Thompson has invented a new style of acting called super realism yes so the fact that he actually does it moved her enough to write that good review so if he just ended the play as normal like the way it's supposed trashes it probably kills it right but the thing is there were so many people other i'm granted like her word is like the highest upheld of theater reviews apparently but they had an entire house of people that loved it and then one sour lady so i was thinking i hate her character by the way she's the worst i was thinking the one scene that we get her in yes yeah she's terrible i was thinking about that point you do have an entire house of people we don't know how many other critics are there but it's not like a movie like if roger ebert trashed a movie but everyone else thought it was good it would still like go on to have like success and stuff critical acclaim i don't know how it works with the theater i think it's since she's the biggest and the most well known same way in theory in a smaller scale, but if if her voice is getting heard by more people, then she probably can like kill it. Or I mean, people so, are sheep. So it's so. And, and yes, yes, we are. But is that her own megalomania coming in? Like, there's a bunch of big personalities yes. that are coming in. But that's what I mean. Like, she may have trashed it, but it may still have sold out. Like everybody was talking about how he's washed up how he's overrated how he's nobody and then a minute that that happens people are noticing him on the street and be like oh my god it's so good to see you take a picture with me 
And they're filming him running through his under, running through the streets in his underwear. Running through the streets, like he's breaking, getting broken down by people who don't really have a leg to stand on. I'm sorry if you put this into today, like real time today's standards, right? The dude who made Hamilton, the most famous Broadway performer of the last few years, right? Lin Manuel Miranda. Mm -hmm. You put him next to Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is going to have more fame, right? Yeah. So now it's the exact same situation here where Regan Thompson has way more fame than Mike, Edward Norton's character. Sure. And, but he's saying, you're, you're washed up. You're like, I'm still going to be well, it's, more famous it's, than it's you. It's their methodology of acting. Like, like he's saying, like, he's look, this actor. is he's a theater actor. This is my town. This is my people. I know how to portray the character i'm playing more than you do you just did two superhero movies and your career never really got back on track from that right it's that whole you can't come to my town and do what i do better than what i do yes, where but all of the evidence supports the contrary he's taking he's listening to people that he has no need to listen to like if he just pushed it out and looked at what's actually coming in. If he was a fine. perfectly healthy human being, yeah, which he's which clearly is not for real. But and that's what I'm saying about Tabitha. Is that the? Is yes. That the, yeah. She's the same way. She's like, oh, I'm gonna sink your shit because I don't you, like your kind. Exactly. Yep. That's yeah, the but whole... you don't know that that like he's taking that at face value. Like, yeah, she probably is. Also, because Mike said that that's the case. Mm -hmm. But that might not be the case. All 799 other people in the crowd may have loved it, and word of mouth is going to be more important. That's that's the question Hopefully. I don't know the answer that's, to. Yes, that's I don't, an unanswerable question. <laughs> right? It's, I don't think anyone can answer it, right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen Broadway plays before, but I've seen the popular ones, right? The ones people write about, the ones everybody likes, including the critics. I don't know if I would see a play that's trashed by, like, a critic. I don't know if other critics will follow her review because it's her, you know? that's yeah. that's It's what you... I don't we, think I've ever read a re critic review of a... Stage play. Probably, huh? yeah, me, me neither. I just, you know, see the commercials. Certainly on not TV. a bad one, too. Come like, see Spider Man. I wish I'd gotten to see Spider Man. Into the Dark. There was actually a YouTube video, like 50 minutes long, about like the behind the scenes and what went wrong with it. I was like cursed, yeah, that's yeah. what people were saying. All the people getting hurt and shit. Yep. That's what happens when you put, when, you know, try to make man fly. We weren't meant to. <laughs> it's true. Tabitha is the worst character in the movie, though, but she's supposed to be, so. Yeah. But we only get her for what? Three minutes? Two scenes. One of the one of which she's just at the end of the bar silently. Oh no, she does. No, talk she has to Mike, a conversation right? yeah. with Mike. She talks to Mike. She sucks though. And it's like Mike's conversation with her. It's not like Mike and her are in cahoots. No. It's which is which is good. They're almost flirting. Almost. Well, she clearly has a lot of respect for him and his ability, and she he as He's as any guy. actor probably has disdain for all critics, right? I like do like his line a lot, like um. Like she says, I'm going to trash this guy's play. And he's like, well, he's about to put his life on the line in front of all those people. And can you say you've ever done that? Right? Yeah. That's like an actor sticking up for an actor moment, yeah. even though they don't really have respect for each other. I also, it's true. I also really like his. Well, they do in the beginning and then it dwindles. It does. I also like mm. his, his other line in that conversation is like, you know, I can, I can rip you apart whenever I want. And he's like, and when I give you. A bad performance, you can. Exactly. He's like, I'm not going to. Like, you're mm -hmm. never going to be able to rip me because I'm never going to be bad at this. Like, go ask, fuck yourself. Ask him. Ask me if he sells tickets. Ask me if the critics love him. <laughs> does does yes. he sell tickets? 
Yes. Do, do the critics love him? They do. They want a, something on his face. Oh, splooge. Yep. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I did. <laughs> Have you guys seen Broadway shows before? Once. A couple. Yeah. So, um, Not my thing. Not I, my I thing. like them a lot. I've seen. They're but, all musicals, and I don't like musicals. Well, no, that's what I was going to be my next. I've po- never my seen next a non-musical. Question. Okay, I've seen two non-musicals. One was really good. Which one, one was really bad. The one that was really good was they they took Misery and they made that a Broadway play oh. with Bruce Willis as um, the writer and uh, oh, Sheldon's mom and Roseanne's sister, whatever the hell her name is. She no plays idea. Annie Wilkes. Okay. It was really good. It was just like the movie. I kind of wish I had seen. I think it's To Kill a Mockingbird had Jeff Daniels in it. Yeah, I think is that still running? It's still running, but he's not. Okay. Uh, Ed Harris, I think, took over. Oh, that's just as good. Yeah. Ed Harris is good people. The other one I saw was a weird mother-daughter story. It was just like I was walking around the city looking for something to do with some friends, and someone was like, "Hey, come see this show," and we we're like, "All right, why not?" Free show. So was the play that they put on only the four characters? I think so. All They're four the only play... four that take a bow. They're or the, the f- only four actors playing different characters, you think? Or do you think yeah, yeah, I don't think they're playing one character. I think they're playing multiple characters yep. throughout the course, but I think it's only those four. Yeah, I think so. Because you're right, there's only those four that take a bow. What's the play called? What we're talking about when we're talking about love? Yeah, yeah it's a terrible like name. It's not good. It's Fucking very wordy and weird. Awful. It's and... a real short story, apparently. Sure. Yeah. Apparently. But that's the... It's kind of interesting that they let the title be that where I mean they couldn't back off of it once they like put it up in the in the sign, but the title is that long and the first thing that Ed Norton does to like come in and make the play better is like shorten a bunch of lines. He's like, "You're talking too much. Why are you doing it? Does why are you telling me four different times that you don't know the guy? Just say it once and move on." I think Michael Keaton respected the author so much he was staying more true to the dialogue. Yeah, I think that's what that would be my assumption. Well, it was funny either way. Like, I don't yet. care. I don't care what he did to the dial. Like, however, Michael Keaton's character decided to interpret the book. I guess it was. Yes. Um, was fine by me. I, I, I liked the little bit of concept that we saw. I mean, we didn't see a ton of actual play happen, but the parts I saw of it, I'm like, I'd really be interested to see what this thing was all about. I think I got enough of a gist of it of what it's about that I'm good. I'm yeah, more it, interested in the behind the scenes stuff. The long shots are incredible. I, I really enjoy these long shots where they trade off characters. So yeah, like the transition is like putting the camera up at the ceiling or the sky, then you come down, it's like a completely different time of the day. Sure, there's yeah. that time. Yeah. But like even um, at one of the points, we follow Ed Norton up the stairs onto the roof. And mm-hmm. we're following Emma Stone. And then we're following yep. Emma, yep. Emma yep. Stone. It's like a trade-off. Yeah, mm-hmm. those yeah. trade-off moments. Like I, I the really... high-five and the perspective switches. Yeah, I really, really enjoy those those camera switches. Definitely deserve to win Best Cinematography. Yeah. For certain. It, it feels like one. Like, it, at no point does it ever feel like it transitions either. It just kind of goes. Which is weird, because I felt like the movie felt long. I know it's only two hours, but it felt long to me. I didn't think it felt that long. I thought, I, again... It didn't feel boring, it just felt... Yeah, yeah no, no, I, I know what you mean. When we get to that moment of him walking down the street, screeching like a bird, and bombs are going off, then I'm like, all right, let's... It got let's, a little long at that point. Let's wrap this up. But... <laughs> and that was, I think, the thing. Like, I'm like, okay, now we're in a full psychotic break. How much time is left? 27 goddamn minutes! Jesus! Yeah, I'm like, let's bring us back to reality here. Oh, we're not doing that? Nope. We're kind of doing it a little bit, just to tease me, and then going back to weird? All right, cool. He was... good. 
I don't know if we actually said it yet, but I want to just address it. Do it. We think he was intending on killing himself, and he just failed, right? I we don't know, because like it seems that way, but how do you shoot yourself only in the nose? I mean, if you just accidentally slipped and pulled the trigger, maybe you actually put the gun up to your head, backed out at the last second. Maybe. I don't. I don't know. I thought he went out there with a loading gun. But with intention yeah, to kill himself, that I, would I be... agree that that's what I thought. But yeah. then when he found out he only shot himself in the nose, like I think maybe he had second thoughts, and then clearly he decided to wipe those second thoughts away. How does? And, and the he biggest, saw that nose. The biggest problem with the uh, <laughs> the reviewer cre- saying it like it creates a whole new. You can only do it once. Yeah, super you, realism. Super is realism is, is is a so once and done thing. Chop in your hand if the. Script calls for you to chop your hand off. Chop your Damn hand it, off. Damn it, the actor better chop his hand off. And, but again, Which is such a bad commentary. That of, like, if Michael Keaton hears that, he's like, shit, what more do I have to do yeah. <laughs> to get a good review? But is that, and, and is that the moment where he's like, okay, that's it? Maybe that's a commentary in itself that like you hear about these actors that like get or method get really into the character and they lose like 80 pounds for like a role. Like How far do they have to push themselves for their craft? Sure. sure. Will we think any less of them if they don't do go to the extreme? I won't. I certainly will not. I like the fact that aspiring actors out there don't harm yourself ever. No. But I mean, like, I appreciate the fact that like Christian Bale will gain seventy pounds to play Dick Cheney, and then the next movie he'll be down the all like an extra eighty pounds on top of what he already lost. Like it's super unhealthy. It's, I know it is. I know no it is. No human should be doing that. To of himself. course not. Of course not. I'm not saying that it's a good thing. I'm saying I appreciate loving what you do that much that you're willing to do that. Sure, but we invented fat suits for a reason. Yeah. And you also hear about certain actors that get so into a role that they like it's tough for them to recover. Yeah, they lose like, themselves in That's it. kinda like why Joe I, Pesci stopped acting for a long time if you like if you like well, he said he research. couldn't. He couldn't hang out with his kids, or not his kids, his like nieces and nephews, without getting yelled at by like his brothers and sisters because he was saying fuck all the time because he was constantly in like mob movies where he was cursing all the time. He was on a golf course playing with his friends, and he had a freak out like because of all the characters he played over the years. Like, I don't know who the hell I am. That's got to be so scary. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I gotta stop. I can't act anymore and he gave up acting for like what just to the irishman came out i think his last movie before that was with honors i think it came out like 94 so 20 years 26 years years. unreal you can't i mean i i was uh i was reading an interview with the guy who plays gary bertier um and remember the titans Mm -hmm. right after his his character got written off in sons of anarchy and he was talking about how it was like in response to like a video he did with a bunch of other guys on Sons of Anarchy, but he was like, you, they you go to school and they teach you all these ways to build the character and create the character and become the character, but there's no books on how to kill these fuckers off. Like we don't know what to do when they die, and I think that some actors are like, if they die, then they die. Okay, they're dead. They're not there anymore. And I think that in this. Birdman doesn't die, he just doesn't sign on for the next one, right? So one of his problems is that Birdman's still alive and in his brain, right? Like, essentially what we're talking about is actors holding on to those characters. He basically has schizophrenia. Yes. Yes. 
And if you do the parallels of Michael Keaton's career, he didn't want to do Batman forever. He probably at the time when the first two Batman movies came out was like the biggest movie star in the world. With Johnny Dangerously, Mr. Mom. He was like Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, yeah. Top Shit, notch. I forgot about Beetlejuice. Right? That was all around the same time. And he he was in movies in the 90s, but nothing at that level ever again. So, like, you can easily draw, like, parallels, like, to his life. I don't, probably not with the schizophrenia or... No, or no, no, anything, no. But, but just, like, from career path. But does just... that mean, does that mean that the, what whatever the director and screenwriter's name is? Alejandro. Alejandro. Did he write this movie with the idea of putting Michael Keaton as the lead role? Or did he write this movie and it just happened to be like, huh, Michael Keaton... That's kind of oddly meta. Oh, well, I'm not going to think about it's it. It's a poor choice of words, but it's like a chicken or the egg example. Like We won't know if it's because Michael Keaton got cast in it that the script took this shape, kind of, or that he wrote it for Keaton. I mean, I imagine we could probably find actually out if he wrote it for Keaton or not. He might have had a rough idea of what he wanted to do, and he modeled the Birdman for Batman, yeah. in, in a sense. But it also, I mean, also all of those other situations still have to fall in line, right? You still have to have a guy who did it and then walked away and then the career kind of never petered out for a while. So a guy that was like on top and then just phased out like Steve Gutenberg or anyone. (laughs) Plenty of people that did it. (laughs) RDJ. That's right. Until his career renaissance. And let's see, I mean, Doolittle isn't exactly getting stellar reviews. He might be be in, in that boat too. He'll be fine. He, he's, he's, he's set. He's set. He's, <laughs> he always set. There's no argument there. He wants a movie. He walks into it, and he's like, give me this movie. And they're like, yeah, okay, Robert. That's a, <laughs> Sounds good. I'd like to see him do another Sherlock Holmes, honestly. There's a Holmes 3 coming out. Is it really? Yeah. With him? Like, I mean, well, I guess it it's Guy. Right? I think Guy Ritchie's doing it, so yes. it's. I think it's in line with the other two. I love his Sherlock Holmes. But he's not Michael Keaton or Edward Norton. Correct. So. Nice. I, I had a lot of... Um, Parts I really liked. I don't know if I had a, like a true favorite moment, but I have a lot of things like in contention for it. Um, I love uh, Edward Norton's audition. I'm gonna call it when he's on stage rehearsing with Michael Keaton, and then he he nails the scene, and that's that sly look he gives Michael Keaton, like, "Huh, pretty good. Want to keep it? What do you think?" I love that so much. It's so smug and arrogant. Maybe but like, you pay me a bunch of money. But charming at the same time. Yeah. The other scene I really enjoyed was um, prior to him waking up on the stoop and going crazy. When he's like walking down the street interacting with different people. He sees that homeless man that's like screaming. And then the homeless man stops and recites the exact same dialogue that the person that got hit in the light at the beginning of the movie said. That was awesome. Like, what? Too much? I was trying to give you a range. That's like scene for scene. That was really cool. That's when you're like, wow, he's breaking. And I love his last interaction with Tabitha at the bar. When he's like, tells her off. And like, takes like the... Like, take, um, throws his glass against her. It's, it's what everybody wants to do to a critic, I feel. He like, ditches his, his uh, famous napkin. Yep. He ditches his famous napkin. That was... That meant something. Like I was like, "That's we're going off. We're about to see some stuff go off the rails here." As soon as that happened, I was mm-hmm. like, "He's been carrying that around for twenty years and just leaves it." 
I think Mike, everything he's doing right now is because of that napkin. Oof, oof. Mike put a damper on his napkin. He did. Yeah, that it's really a cocktail ma- napkin, man. He was drunk. That really made me feel shitty. But did he say that? And the thing is, I, I kind of wondered when that moment happened. I was like, "Are you saying that?" I mean, it's true. It's cocktail napkin, so it's definitely true. I don't. You don't know if it's true. You don't. I mean, it's true that it's a cocktail, cocktail napkin. napkin. You don't know if he's drunk. Sure. It's something for him to write on. He could have taken one from a bar nights ago and had it to wipe his nose on, but decided he wrote a note to a he young Rick and Hobson. Had a drink during intermission. Yeah. He doesn't have to be drunk. Yeah. He could have been drinking. Okay. That's... Whatever. We're splitting hairs here. The point is. <laughs> That's our job. I guess. Kind of. Mm. So the point being, is that like, is he saying that? He's saying that after getting scolded for being drunk on screen, on stage, right? Like, like this, this, like that ultimate like. Checkmate, like, dude, everybody's drunk all the time. This guy's drunk too, and then walks away. Like, I don't think he scolded for being drunk. I think he scolded for ruining the show. Well, yeah, like, but he, he ruined the show because if he he's was drunk, drunk and gives a good performance and just happens to be drunk. No one's mad at him. The reasons why Ed Norton goes, why Raymond Carver? It, one is to get information because he's going to give an interview later on and Ed Norton's going to steal the story. So yes. that sets the tone for you as an audience member. The second reason, when he says, man, he was drunk, he is trying to tear him down. He's not saying, like, he was drunk, I was drunk, everyone's drunk, it's okay. It's He's just trying to say, you're doing all this for a guy that thought you were good who was probably drunk. Like, you're a fool. Maybe, but conversely, like... For me, he's saying this is the third moment in as many shots that he is saying somebody famous, somebody connected with the theater or with the play itself was drunk. It's like when he gets up and does his – when he has his meltdown, he talks about how one of the other writers that always wrote plays that were performed in that theater – was drunk all the time and left his liver on the table every time we wrote a page was was the line so i I think he's just saying that sometimes art is drunk and it's okay and that he's defend he's just using it as a way to defend his choice of being drunk while acting i didn't see it that way okay i didn't even stop to think about it that deeply fair i was engrossed I just think his whole thing is this realism on stage. So if his character calls for drinking, he's going to be drinking. It doesn't. The drinking is what his character is called to do. It's not like he's advocating drunkenness. It's it's yeah. it's the fact that it's like his character's having sex on stage. He wants to have sex on stage. He doesn't he, want to see the red cap and the gun. He doesn't want to see. Yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, that's true. You nothing. That it's not that that's not true. It's just in that moment for me. Bringing it up again, bringing up like the alcoholism again, is just another way of like defending his choice to be drunk. That's all I'm saying. Uh, favorite for me is the audition. Also, I think it's one of the best scenes. You can tell how happy Michael Keaton is. Like, holy shit, this might actually—he might be able to pull this off. He's been stressed, obviously, doing this, and now that final piece that he's always—that he's been wanting the whole time, anyways—it just fell right into place. It's the dream. My favorite scene is, I think, the best piece of acting in this movie. It's when Sam tells Riggin that he sucks, which is Emma Stone telling Michael Keaton that, like, he just, like, after he finds the joint. Oh, yeah. just a washed up. Yeah, you just, don't she care go, about She goes media. off on him, yeah. and then you can see the remorse in her eyes immediately after yeah. she finishes speaking. It's true. That's another it's fucking so good. amazing scene. 
I love what that represents too, by the way. I'm actually doing an activity like that with my students on Wednesday. Go on. Uh, you take a toilet paper roll and you wrap it around the classroom twice. And then you pair or tear two pieces off and you're like, so all of this toilet paper is the length that ancient Egypt existed. These two pieces of toilet paper, these two squares is how long the United States has been around. And you tear off a tiny corner of one of them and say, this is how long Fortnite's been around. <laughs> no, Fortnite can't even be, probably wouldn't even be able to be tear, torn off. It'd be too much. Fuck that game. This went to a dark place. Anyway, <laughs> least favorites. Let's keep the darkness going. Uh, when he jumps off the building and starts flying around. Same Z's. Probably, yes, just that whole scene of him, even before that, walking down the street with bombs going off. That's, that's the turn. It is the turn. Like, that scene is weird. Like, him walking down the street and, like, the bombs going off and... I'm counting it all as part of the scene. Yes. It's all connected within a minute of each other. I'm more or less relatively okay with that stuff and just be like, okay, he's seeing weird things in his head. But once he jumps off and starts flying, I'm like, I'm fucking done. This is wild. Do you know where you need to go? I know where I need to go. Ah. <laughs> and like at what point and that's the thing, right? Like what ha- like what happened in the interim? Does he not does he run for it? Not get there, the guy tackles him and then drags him downstairs and puts him in a cab to go back to the I doubt theater? it. Like, I don't if, know. if that happens, he's probably sent to some mental institution or something. I think he was standing on the ledge, the guy grabbed him, and then he went downstairs. That's Yeah, I think that's what happened too. And then he took a cab. He probably ran from the front door to a cab. That's cool. We all have the three least favorite. <laughs> yeah. Has that ever happened before? Probably yeah, not. Probably. Uh, it might have. I don't know. I don't know. There have definitely been times when least favorite scenes have aligned, but I don't know if it's been a, a clean sweep. We might have gotten three before when we had like five guys on the That's show. That's right? Mm. So are we going to... Uh, that thing that we do every that week? That thing that we do at the end every week? Yeah, we probably rate do that. this sucker. Let's rate All this right. sucker. Let's make it happen, Captain. Let's give it a number of infinity stones from one to six. And if we give it a six, we can also give it an infinity gauntlet if we so choose. That's how rating works. We're going to start doing it now. I'm going to kick it to... Which one of you? I think it's me first. Mm-hmm. Corey first. Uh, I'm going to give it four stones. Uh, it's a really good movie. It's... I guess I could, you could make a pretty strong argument for five, but for me personally, it's going to be at four. It's a good movie. It It's a little too wackadoo, and I can't follow what's, it calls into question what's real and unreal in a way that doesn't, I just don't like it that much. I, like, I don't like that aspect of it that much, but the performances in this are incredible. Cinematography is amazing. Four stones. Sequel? I'll split the difference and go four and a half. I do like the performances, the... The style of shooting, the dialogue, everything's great until that last bit, and it's uh, it, it does kind of tank it. And I am going to take off points for being artsy for artsy's sake. Like, you just, come on. <laughs> I get why people do it, and it's, I guess that's more for critics than it is for, like, audi- the general audience, but still, it's, it's not you, for me. You still got to make a movie for general audiences, though, and that's that's the thing, like... Yeah, you can make a movie that the critics can that the critics are definitely going to love because it's artsy, and still ground it close enough to where like people also enjoy it and understand it. Right, and this that's what they do until they completely go <laughs> go off the rails. Yeah. So, but I guess it's um again we I had as my fourth best among the ones that were nominated for that year, but it, it's a worthy winner. This isn't a bad movie by any stretch. Yeah, the majority of the movie is very entertaining. They took a fairly mundane thing and managed to make it interesting, which is 
sometimes my favorite things about movies, but then they did one of my least favorite things where it just became weird. And we've touched on that plenty, but the performances are amazing. For that, I will give it a very high four stone. It would go into five if it wasn't so damn weird. But I just, I can't, I can't go that high because significant decline in like the last third of the movie-ish. Last third or quarter. Poor third act. It was. Yep. It had so much potential. But it's still good. One best picture. It did. I know. But that's a, that's a critic and committee selection thing. Those are our scores for Birdman. If you want to let us know about Birdman or... I don't know. I had something to give you for this, and I don't remember what it is. So do something with social media. Interact with us. Send us stuff. Send us your favorite Michael Keaton or Ed, no- or, uh, or Ed Norton movie. Words are hard. There. Send us an email, which is the first way you can do that. ZTHpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. You can find us on Twitter and tweet us your favorite Michael Keaton gif- gifs. Gif. Gifs. I don't know where that came from. Uh, favorite Michael Keaton gifs. At ZTH Podcast. If you have a Birdman costume or are a bird or have a bird, take a picture of any of those things, post that on Instagram, tag us at ZTH Podcast. If you're a bird, I'm so impressed how you found this. Listen, some parrots are smart. I'm searching for this. Anyone come across Harvey Birdman? I did. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, it's definitely possible. Yep. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash ZTH Podcast. Or search for us within Facebook, Zeros Talking Heroes, Zeros and Heroes and an ES. And my favorite Michael Keaton movie is Spotlight. I think mine might be The Founder. I'm The Founder. He's just so good in that. <sighs> I love mad, but his like, performers. I just yeah. like that's a one-time watch for Oh, me. I get it. <laughs> I understand why you, would, why you wouldn't want to watch that movie a second time. I think my favorite Ed Norton would be uh, a toss-up between Final uh, Primal Fear and The Score. Heist movie. Robert De Niro's in it also. Yep, I've seen that. I hadn't thought about The Score. Primal Fear was mine for a while, but I mean, like, American History X and Fight Club are very cliche choices too, but they're so good. Uh, I, I mean, American History X is the, is the clear choice for me, but Primal Fear is right the fuck up there. That's his first role. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's how good this fucking guy is. And he was nominated and he was did not easier to win. work with. If only he was easier to work with. No, I'm changing mine to the Hulk. I'm not. I'm kidding. Please don't. Incredible Hulk. You're right. Check us out on podcast apps, all the things. You know what to do. Rate us, review us, interact with us. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. And next time we're going to be doing the movie Zoom. It's got Tim Allen in it. Other people. <laughs> Spencer Breslin. I see what you did there. Thank you. We're going to improve this home. <laughs> that was too much. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. No, I deserve that. Eh. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Zero's Talking Heroes. Until next time, it's my job to let you know that every movie out there is someone's favorite movie. Birdman was the favorite of many critics in at least 2014. That's a good answer. It is. Take care, everybody. Was that our first best picture winner? Yes. Yeah. And probably our last. Is that our only. No, it's not our only best picture now.